What's going on everybody, it's your boy Fab, Freddy Fox, America's Big Brother, and we back with the Saturday Night Sit Down. What's going on everybody, it's your boy Fab, Freddy Fox, America, Big Brother, and we here with the Saturday Night Sit Down, and today we got DJ Coleman, what's good my man? Hey man, what's going on, how you doing? I'm good man, I'm good man, I appreciate you coming on my show man, thank you for giving me the time man. No problem man, anytime. So listen, like I break it down to everybody for the show man, the whole goal really is to um, really reach out to the younger generation, right, giving them positive role models and people to look up to, I feel like... Um, you know, a lot of that has gotten lost and gotten them down the right path, and they're finding um, different outlets, negative outlets, um, or negative role models that guide them down these different paths that are leaving them a little bit confused. Um, so by sitting down with different gentlemen who are sitting, you know, doing their dreams, giving, living their passion, stuff like that, doing something positive with their lives, you know, maybe they could find something that they relate to us and explain and maybe give them some sort of role model that they can look up to or help guide them in the same path, in the right path, you know what I mean? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Absolutely, man. So and we're sitting down here with everybody. I and mean, my very first question to you is looking at, you know, the characteristics and qualities it takes to be a good man or a good person. What do you think those are? Um, first off, I would say a, a good man, he would have to have integrity. You know, the the ability to always stand on what he stands on and uh, to back what is righteous and what is uh, the right way to actually go about things. And uh, I think confidence is another characteristic. And um, I think having a a good support system and faith are also other characteristics that make up a man. I think that's, that's key, man. That's beautiful. One of those things that, um, like you said, I mean, integrity is huge, right? We want to make sure that we... we, we, we do what we say and say what we do and have something to stand on, which is something that a lot of men, I think, struggle with um, or try to find um, that balance, you know what I mean? Or just kind of like saying what they people think they need to be heard. Be yourself, man. Say what's, what's within your limits, what you are, what you're willing to do, because that's all you got in this world is your word, right? You know what I mean? You got to make sure you stand on that and people mm-hmm. rely on you, especially when it comes to a man. Like, you know, if, if you not, if you don't have that, integrity nobody's gonna trust you really gonna shy away from you or really you know because there's they don't have that confidence in you and that goes into the second point like you said even having really strong confidence in oneself uh because i for one like i I know that from my from growing up i um didn't have the utmost confidence in myself you know and because of that i I tried to fit in different places and, and try to live a life that wasn't me uh, and that ended up, as I as I always say, you know, to a lot of depression and, and anxiety and tension because I wasn't being honest with myself and I didn't have the courage to really be me. Um, but when I found that, you know, everything's changed. You know, you, you'll be able to be more comfortable. You start well, worrying a lot less about what other people think or say. Um, and that's what's so damaging to a lot of people, especially now with social media where, like, you know, with so, but for instance, you know, Instagram, it's a great platform. Um, but at the same time, we all know that we're looking at people's highlight reels, you know, all the high points in their lives. We're not seeing the real them. And when we only see other people's ups, we can only look at our downs, you know, and that exactly. will destroy our confidence, you know? So it's really hard 
it's becoming, I think, a, a harder and harder each day to have a lot of confidence oneself with these platforms like that and people not understanding the difference of what is Instagram and what is real life because everybody has their problems. Um, for you, what do you think has helped you build your confidence? Well, how do you build your confidence up? Well, um, I started playing sports at a, a young age uh, at four. And I think, you know, being in front of people, playing in front of an audience, you know what I'm saying, uh, over time and being as good as I was and playing in bigger stages and bigger stages. And then the more I practice at something, it helped build up my confidence. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think I've always had a craft and uh, some way I knew that if I mastered my craft, it would help, you know, relieve anxiety or it would help me in certain aspects, you know, dealing with people just like mm -hmm. sports did. So now when I'm doing my music and stuff, which I'm about to start setting up performances and tours, which I've already performed and stuff my whole life, I've been in plays and, you know, but like now it's just like second nature. It's no problem. Just like talking to you right now, this is, this is nothing. And like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, just certain things in your life that you go through have to build up your confidence. Cause just like you, man, I'm not even going to lie to you. Uh, I try to fit in, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I was a military kid. I moved around mm -hmm. a lot. So I had to reinvent myself. You, yeah, you get yeah. what I'm saying? So, um, and I did it very well. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, I mean, I can't really complain. I've always treated everybody like they're equal, but at the same time, I felt like, I couldn't fully, fully be myself because I wasn't in one spot for people to understand my upbringing or understand my past. All they saw was he's here right now, you know, at the uh, present point in time. So it, it it was tough. And then also for the past five years, uh, I've been dealing with uh, mental health. I was mm. I diagnosed with a bipolar uh, schizophrenic type for the past five years. And uh, I've been going through hell with it. I'm not even going to lie to you. Uh, medicine work, don't work. Been in and out of the mental health facilities. And um, to be doing what I'm doing with music right now, to be so successful with it, I have to be confident. Like, because the people that I've seen in those facilities, they don't, they stay there. Like, you get what I'm saying? They get stuck there. They don't take their medicine. They don't want to try to improve. They, they don't have plans like how I do. And uh, I just always have goals. And regardless of whatever's been thrown in my way, I try to just keep on, you know, climbing, climbing that mountain, try to get to the top and uh, just be the best version of myself every day. That's how I build confidence. Well, that's what's up. And, and there's a lot of good insight there and a lot of follow up questions. I want to go on with you, um, with what you just shared. And I appreciate you for being so honest and open with, you know, mental health and all that stuff, because it's huge nowadays. You know, everybody, it's not something that people could see. So it don't really exist to them. You know what I mean? When you tell people that you're having some sort of issues, that you're depressed, you're going through this stuff, and it's, ah, you'll get over it. It's just a phase. It ain't no big deal. You know what I mean? They don't understand the battles that is really going on, you know what I mean, in, inside one's mind. Um, so I appreciate you being open with that. And I definitely want to circle back to that. Um, but like you said, first off, right, you know, with sports, because I think that's huge for a lot of kids, too, is getting involved with sports and something like that and helping building that, that confidence and team camaraderie. Um, and also settling. I don't know if you've seen. Um, I recently I seen this. Uh, 
I guess at this post, right, and they were talking about Patrick Mahomes, right, and they were looking at his resting heart rate during a football game, right? Right. And his heart rate was more at ease or more calm when he was on the field playing a game versus, you know, when he was off the field when the other team had the ball, his heart rate was going up, which is crazy. You would think that it'd be the other way around, you know what I mean? Yeah, there, you're in a position, the pressure's on you, but he really didn't feel that pressure. Like, he was calm. He knew was he, he built his crap. He had all the belief in himself. Um, to be successful, so he wasn't nervous at all. So I guess that's what's helping him and being successful in sports and going on. How have you been taking um, those lessons from sports and really implementing them in your day-to-day life? Um, I use them every day. Uh, I realize that, you know, practice makes perfect because uh, I'm an artist, producer, and an engineer. Uh, I shoot shoot my music videos. I do photography. Uh, So I'm pretty much like a one-man army. And I've always been artistic, you know what I'm saying? But, like, uh, just the repetition, you know, I've always enjoyed getting better and then going back and then analyzing myself just like I used to do when I watched film. That's what I do with my music. You know, I go back and I listen to my beats. I'm like, oh, I could have I could have went harder on this verse or this hook could have been better or, the, you know, the beat in general could have just been structured differently to make the song have a different rise and a different downfall because you know you know a a song is nothing but a story at the end of the day and um every story has an intro you know a middle you know the plot might be a little different but then it has a, a climax you know what i'm saying and there's only so many different ways that you can tell a story and uh but if you can blend and mix each way and you can get your listener to you know really believe what you're saying and appeal uh, to what you're saying. It it really helps out in a long way. But, yeah, sports, every day, because uh, I went to college and I played ball, uh, basketball, you know, you had to wake up at, what, 4.35 o'clock to w- uh, lift weights. You know, you got class at 8, you know. So, like, just being able to wake up early, you know, being on time. You know, I had a coach that said – uh beat me there don't meet me there you know what i'm saying so like don't if you're on time just like uh i'm not sure was it the denzel washington movie coach carter no that was uh samuel jackson yeah remember the titans or it was uh either uh coach carter with samuel jackson where he was like if you're on time then you're late like you know what i'm saying so i've always been early always like to be prepared um you know and just doing that um allows me to build in life in general because uh, I'm not even going to lie. Like these past five years, dealing with what I've been dealing with, uh, people wouldn't bounce back from this. So I'm in like 5%, especially having two mental health diagnoses. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just by being bipolar alone, people don't do what I'm doing. And then having the, the schizophrenic side with it, people don't do what I'm doing, but those are the most gifted people that I've been told in the hospital. You know what I'm saying? My ability to write, draw, you know what I'm saying? And, and to paint a picture, you know what I'm saying? With my words, uh, it's, I think it's just a blessing in disguise. I think it's just, I'm just here to, you know, highlight and uh, help people that are going through what I'm going through since now it's a, a big thing. Cause before it never was a big thing. Nobody ever, worried about what happened to black people after slavery when we was dealing with mental health back then 
You get what I'm saying? Uh, nobody ever thought about the aspect of, well, we were slaves and now we're free. Uh, there was plenty of slaves that actually stayed on the plantation and still worked for their old master because they had no idea on how to move on and, you know, to live life outside of what they know. You right, know what I'm right. saying? So generation after generation, um, we've been through a lot as a people. You get what I'm saying? And um, I think I want to break my generational curse with this music and uh, and doing what I'm doing because uh, I have a lot to say. I have a, a unique story. And uh, I, I believe that being an advocate for mental health is cool, but actually being somebody that's been in the trenches mm -hmm. of like, not knowing if I was actually going to get out of, of a facility, actually getting in trouble with the law, actually being on probation because of mental health. I'm, I'm on probation right now. I just went to the hospital. I got out the hospital in October, and they put me back on uh, probation. But they won't call it probation. But the whole term is if you don't show up to your doctor's appointments, you don't go to your nurse's appointments, your, your therapy, the police will come get you. So that's pretty much probation. Like, you know what I'm saying? They don't, mm -mm. they won't say it in mental health, but that's, that's probation. And then I said it to the person uh, that cleared me out of the hospital. He's like, yeah, you're right. It's probation, but we just won't say that term because that's mostly associated with people that are going in and out of the system. Right, but right. mental health deals with a variety of people. I've seen people come in and out of those facilities from jail off the street that was homeless. Like I've seen all types of people and I just believe that being a person that's fought through what I fought through and to get to this point to where my medicine is actually working. Uh, it wasn't the fact that the last time when I went to the hospital that I wasn't taking my medicine, it just stopped working and that can happen. I think I got immune to it from taking it after two years. You know what I'm saying? Right, and, uh, I just, build a tolerance. I just, yeah, you build a tolerance to it and, um, they don't really technically tell you as doctors, you know, uh, they want you to keep coming back. They want you to keep spending that money. They want you to, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, the system's rigged. It's, it's not made for anybody really to get up out of it once they start getting you to spend money with uh, Big Pharma, the Big Pharmaceutical Companies. They want you to keep doing that. Um, it's crazy. Marijuana is illegal in a lot of states, but you can get opioids over the counter. They're prescribed to you. You know okay. what I'm saying? So, like, at the end of the day, it's, it's a lot of stuff that I really want to change out here because I really think there's a, a different way that you can go about treating people that have mental health problems. You can, you can do music, you know, art therapy. You, you can do other type of treatments other than stuffing them with pills. You get what I'm saying? There, there's, there's other ways. You get what I'm saying? So. No, definitely, man. I agree. And that's, that's, that's a, that's a huge movement that you're taking on. And, and it's, it's very important that too, that we see people who've actually gone through it. And, you know, have a firsthand experience versus people who read a book. You could read 
a thousand books and have no experience. You know what right. I mean? And, and that's that's not gonna get you. That's not gonna get you uh, very very far. Um, and in talking about because I'm, I'm wondering if this ties in too, because like you said, you was a military kid, right? And and jumping around from place to place and not having people really have time to get to know you. Um, I guess it's really a two part question to that because I'm kind of curious and, and yes, but like you said, like people don't get a chance to know you. Like since you having to go from different place to place, is there time to really? Because they say right, you, you your your environment is what makes you, and if right. you're constantly moving. How do you have time to build yourself and really create who you want to be um, and, and versus having people getting to know you? Um, yeah, I just, me personally, I, I made the best out of every uh, situation where we moved. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, it was, I was lucky to have a craft like such as basketball and, you know, like, you know, riding my bike or, you know, drawing, writing, you know, because I've been singing since I was seven. I've been rapping since I was 11. Uh, I've been making beats since I was 17. So I've always had something to fall back on whenever I didn't have people to mm. talk to. You you know what I'm saying? Especially when I first moved to a, a place, basketball got me noticed. Going to the court and hooping with people. And then they're like, oh, he's good. You start making friends right. and uh it, it's it's just uh it's ironic in life like once people see that you're you're good at something or you know that see that you're trying to help yourself they want to help you or you seem more inviting but if you know you just mm -hmm. move to a place and you're just standoffish and you're just walking around they're like who's this new kid he seems weird you know what i'm saying he doesn't have anything to relate to us about we want to try to talk to him but we don't we don't know how to so you know uh I always had things to be relatable to people. I've always been a chameleon. Uh, I've been able to hang folks, middle class, people in the hood. You know, I've, I've been able to hang out with everybody. I get along with, with everybody. Um, I've been first grade. I was supposed to skip uh, first grade and, you know, move up and stuff like that. So I've always had a higher conscience and I've always been very smart and intuitive, but it, it takes a toll on you moving, not, not even going to lie to you because you have to actually get mentally prepared to be like, all right, there might be a chance that people really might not understand me, might not get me. And I'm cool with that for a while. There might be a grace period where people might not mess with you how you just had people rocking with you. Like, you get what I'm saying? So, uh, it just made me, you know, able to talk to people. And, you know, we're around a lot. They're either really friendly or they're loners because that life makes you standoffish or it makes you be able to communicate and, you know, make friends quickly. Cause I can make friends uh, really, really fast, you know, and I, I've been through a lot so I can relate to pretty much anybody. Yeah. And I think that's, um, 
you know, on, on the off hand, or on one side, like it is, you know, the negative side, you're constantly moving and having to re uh, resettle or try to find new friends and not knowing when that next move is going to be, you know, um, that's kind of like weighing over your shoulder. But on the other side, um, it does make you more versatile because you're seeing a lot more things and you're living a lot of different lifestyles and being in so many different organizations that have so many things to relate to. So I, it's it's kind of like one of those, it's a blessing and curse at the same time type of situation, you know, having Most to move definitely. constantly. Um, now, now with that and also with the show is also just, you know, the importance of, you know, having positive real mold models in, their, in your lives and stuff. And, and, you know, especially father figures, because I, I started to understand when I became a dad, um, really how important my role was as a parent to my kids and making sure that I was there for them and seeing the mistakes um, that my father made and not wanting to, to, to repeat them. Um, you know, so trying to really create a, the best experience possible for our kid and create a wonderful relationship with them as, as much as I possibly can for you with your, with your dad. Um, what has been your relationship with him? Um, uh, my dad is typically the typical military, uh, non, no nonsense, put it that way. Um, we've had our ups and downs. I've learned from all of his mistakes and it, it, it's made me the person that I am today. Like I, I, I can never have anything bad to say about my father because he brought me into this life. You know what I'm saying? And he raised me and, um, you know, everybody, nobody's perfect. You got to understand that at the end of the day, um, I'm trying to heal my inner child and maybe he didn't heal his inner child. He never had a chance to. And maybe right. uh, at the end of the day, he was just trying to provide me everything that he didn't have, you know, and as a, I'm seeing that uh, the older I get, the more I understand. Like as a kid, I didn't understand like why why are you doing this? What what what's this for? I don't get it. You know what I'm saying? Like you're tripping. Like just calm down. But uh, everything that he's put me through created a sense of urgency in me. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, I don't like being stagnant. I don't like just waiting on life to pass me by. Like I'm I'm a go getter because of him. I've always been hustling. I've been a businessman because of my father since a young age. Um, you know, I started buying my own clothes around like 14. And I had to pay for all, all my stuff in like high school, like my driving school, all that, my own cars, and you know, you know, just certain things that, as a man, you should want to do. But I started at an early age, so you know, he just was preparing me for what life is going to be because my life hasn't been something else that's similar to it. You get what I'm saying? So I, I, I just I appreciate him for everything that he does. And I just I just respect that, you know, nobody's perfect. He, he's, he did his best. He's done his best. I'm doing my best. And that's all you can ask for. Yeah, no, I, and I think everybody has 
some sort of issue or could look back at something that their parents did that they wish it would have done different or, or some sort of never get negative experience. But what as I as I gotten older and again as 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 a father myself now, I I learned that they're learning how to be parents as they're being parents, right? There's no book, there's no script on what to do or that lays it out and stuff like that, that this is the guideline. And even if there was a step-by-step book on how to parent, every kid is different. So it doesn't matter. And they're going to react to situations differently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I could I could follow the same playbook on my kids that my parents did for me, and they'll turn out to be completely different people, you know, because they're going to react different. They, you know, they, they don't, they're not going to have the same experience or, or think the same way that I did. You know, that's what's so unique about it. So as I started to... I said, grow older and look back at, at, you know, my relationship with my father and my parents and things that they did or didn't do or whatever. And like you said, they're just really trying their best because they don't got it figured out. You know, they, they're, they're doing what they think is right and hoping for the best outcome. Um, and, and that's just how just mostly how everything is in life, right? We don't really know how anything is going to turn out. We just got to give it our best and try our best and see where the chips fall because there's no guaranteed in this life. There's nothing is guaranteed. You know, but if you give out, you know, you put up your best effort, you give it 110%, you give it all you got, at least you can walk away not wondering what if, you know, and then that's the biggest thing is just, you know, if you have those what if thoughts that really can mess with somebody's mind and, and really cause a lot of issues. Like for myself, that caused me, thinking that way has caused me a lot of depression and anxiety and sadness and, and mess with me in that aspect as far as my own mental health and, and you know, I've been in that, in those very dark places as well of, of, of sadness and depression and, and contemplating suicide and, you know, just at times even thinking, you know, like maybe my family would be better off without me or maybe I'm just being a burden and, and, and keeping all of that stuff inside has been very toxic and damaging more to my own psyche. Uh, and that's kind of another major reason why I also started this podcast and also what I'm doing other things is because giving people a chance to talk, right, and get things off their chest and express themselves, especially men, because most of the time we're always told to man up. You know what I mean, don't say nothing. You ain't supposed to cry. You can't be sad. You just got to be strong and keep moving forward. Like, you can't be emotional. Right. And having to keep all that stuff inside is, is like, you know, one, one, of, one of my role models right now, I look up to him. I don't know if you know Mr. Jason Wilson. Um, um you know, he had put out a book called Battle Cry that really inspired me to start this. And he, in there, he talks about um, doing that, keeping your feelings aside as you're being in an emotional emotional car- incarceration, you know, which is so damaging because you, you have all these things bottled up and you react. You, you have outbursts because all these things, all these feelings are trying to get out. And, and, and I came to my expression to that is a lot of times when we we go into these rage modes, right? It's not because of that instant that happened or whatever went on. It's you finally just exploded. All your emotions can't keep it inside anymore. And they're all just flooding out all at once. You know, your sadness, your happiness, your joy, your anger, your pain, and all that stuff that you had to force down because you got to be a man and be tough comes flooding out all at once and, and causes all this, is this, this torture in yourself. Um, and as you brought it up too, you know, feeling as with your with your bipolar and, and, and schizophrenia, um, 
how number one like how was that really something that you got help for really was able to get diagnosed um and what did that look like for you in the very early stages uh i didn't know like to be honest with you uh i i didn't know that i had it until i i went manic and i, I was in a situation where i ended up in because I, I live in south carolina and uh, I took my parents' car, and it felt like a dream, and I ended up in North Carolina. And um, I got in a situation to where I was about to get I was about to get charged with a breaking and entering because I didn't know what I was doing. And uh, so when they called the police officer, because, you know, me personally, when I go manic, I remember everything once I start getting on the medicine and I start coming down. So everything plays back to me of what happens because I have an amazing memory anyways. But at that state, at that point, I don't, I'm not me. Like you get what I'm saying? I'm, it's kind of like an out of body experience. There's, mm -hmm. there's no other way to explain it. So like the first, uh, first time five years ago, uh, just, I was, uh, thank God that the police officer that pulled up, he was black and he looked at me and he was like, there's something wrong with you. And he's like, he looked at my eyes and he's like, we're going to take you to the hospital instead of um, booking you and taking you to jail. Because I could have been lost in the system because my, my parents mm -hmm. at the time didn't know where I was at, what happened, anything. I was just, I was gone. Like, you get know what I'm saying? So uh, luckily I had my wallet on me and all that. And uh, even when I was manic, I remembered their phone numbers. So, you know, uh, subconsciously, I was trying to help myself regardless. And I'm not a violent person when I go manic. I just do stuff that's detrimental to me. I don't hurt anybody else. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, they diagnosed me. Uh, I had to stay in a facility for three months. Uh, that's how I got out of my case. I had to stay in a facility for three months I was supposed to actually stay there probably six to eight months, but because I did everything I was supposed to do, went to the classes that they had, I got out probably faster than anybody that they had there in my situation. And uh, I, I got out and it was just, yeah, I did all that to get out, but now I'm back in the regular world. And how do I adjust? Because they're saying that, I'm bipolar and I'm schizophrenic. Me growing up, I was, you know, the stigma is, oh, that means the person is crazy. Right, right. But when you get there and those facilities and they start teaching you what the illness actually is, it means that you you go up and you, you go down. It can be uh, high-strung mania, like how I am. I start doing a whole bunch of stuff. I don't really typically get depressed. So my bipolar, I'm bipolar one. Um, so I haven't really been depressed. It's just the fact that when I get in that mode, I just start doing too much. I'll make too many beats. I'll write too many songs. I'll do too much. So it was just a lot. And it's still a lot to deal with now because they put me on a whole bunch of medicine and, you know, everything don't work for everybody. And, uh, you know, it's one thing to 
talk about it and you know to try to get people to understand but unless you actually been in a situation you know like me three times to where like hey bro uh i could be locked up off of some stuff that i didn't know about my whole entire life until five years ago like i can understand if they told me that i was this way when i was four mm -hmm. you know what i mean or when i was young and i had time to adjust but now nah, they it, it was just sprung on me and then it's supposed to be genetic but there's nobody on both of my sides of the family from my mom and dad that have it so i'm just the only one out here and to deal with that for the past five years it's like am i crazy is there something wrong with me and i was just like nah i just took i was like i'm just unique and it's just something that you got to deal with just like you know people that have high blood pressure and uh my therapist now that's what we talk about you know it's just it's just like something that you got to do you got to take your medicine to you know stay right you know just kind of like how you know you want to eat healthy to you know stay fit and certain things like that it's just that's just what you got to deal with you can function properly in society and everything like that um it's just a lot of people still have a bad connotation towards it you know the stigma is oh that person is just automatically crazy like you can you can look at kanye you know what I'm saying? Like, he's diagnosed bipolar himself. But me personally, I can tell that he doesn't take his medicine like he needs to. Like, you get what I'm saying? There's certain signs in a person, just like how you said, you know, lashing out, spazzing out, and then he'll go away for months. You know, if you haven't noticed that about him, he'll go away for months and then he'll come back. And then he'll just be in the media spazzing and, and whatever. And I'm just like, oh, he don't like taking his meds for that long because it does. I've gained a lot of weight. Um, you gain a lot of weight. You get groggy. It, it messes with your mental. I, I couldn't even, for the first year, really, I couldn't write music. I couldn't make beats. It, it, it messed with my creativity. Um, you're sleepy. You know, you can't really hold a, a, a job like that because the medicine, you can't work long hours. You know what I'm saying? You know, me, I, I went to school and I, I got two degrees. I got my associates and I got my, you know, uh, my bachelor's. So it's like, damn, I, I, I did all yeah, I did all that for what? Now I can't really fully work the way that I need to. Like, you, you get what I'm saying? Um, so it it's a lot to deal with. But I think me personally, I think I got it handled in a short five years. I mean, it felt long, but everybody uh, that I talked to, you know, my, my therapist now is like, yeah, for you to get it under grasp in five years, that's that's amazing, especially that you're dealing with two things. Now, just dealing with one in itself is just crazy because depression in itself is a lot to deal with. You, you know what I'm saying? Anxiety. It's it's all a lot to deal with because I, I I've had um, suicide thoughts. I've I've tried to commit suicide, and uh, you know that goes back to me being bipolar. I didn't know that I was. I didn't know that I, I was bipolar schizophrenic. I didn't know what this was. But I, when I came back to and I, you know to reality, I was like, nah, this ain't me, and I just snapped out of it. Like you know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, I, I understand when people are in a dark place. Like I, I've been, I've been there. I've been in a dark place because of uh, sports, you know. Because people don't understand that once you get out of high school and you go to college, sports is a business. 
You, you know what I'm saying? It's, it is it is a grimy business. It, it, there's coaches that promise you things, and then when you get there, it's a complete opposite. Then you got coaches that are recruiting you, and then you get to the school, and then they're at another school. And so then the head coach didn't recruit you. Therefore, he doesn't technically really, really like you. You don't have nobody, you know, there talking about you in a good way, in your favor and stuff like that. So I went through that when I went to school, you know what I'm saying? And then um, it was like, dang, I went from being on varsity all four years of high school to being like a, a nobody because the coach doesn't like you. So that that's I think that's where the suicidal thoughts came because I was like, I've been playing basketball since I was four and now I'm here and it's like, I can't do anything right. Like, it's like, you making me feel like I'm sorry, but you know, I'm not good at this. So it, there's just a lot of things that can play on, you know, depression, anxiety, just mental health in general that a lot of people don't talk about and that we need to talk about more. And, um, as a black community, you know, it's just like you said, we, we're supposed to be tough. We're not supposed to show any type of fear, any, any, any type of weakness. And um, I just want people to understand that it's okay to be vulnerable. There's nothing wrong with being vulnerable. You, you get what I'm saying? You know, like that makes you stronger. Um, your cells take on your stress, your body takes on your stress over time that's why you'll see a lot of people that are going through a lot like their shoulders will be tight they'll get shoulder pain you know lower back will be tight because you know i i, I listen to a lot of audiobooks uh, and uh certain things you know you know to educate myself and keep myself up to speed and you know once i started fully educating myself these past five years to heal and you know to to gain peace i realized that so you know like once i started letting go of a whole bunch of stuff. I didn't even have to do yoga and the re there was relief off of my shoulders, my lower back, you know, but just my body in general, like to today I'm just, I'm just at peace. I'm just calm. So, you know, everything that you go through can take a toll on your body. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause your mind is, it's so powerful, man. If your mind mm -hmm. is damaged, like a lot of people don't realize that, I'm a big believer in the law of attraction, right? You know, if you're reading a lot of books and stuff like that, if you ever read the book, The Secret by Rhonda Bynes, but the law of attraction, I feel is a very, very real thing. and something that you can use to your favor. And if you don't know about it enough, you can use it to your disfavor. Like for instance, you know, a lot of people can make themselves sick just by thinking they sick and really just believe in something or certain pains. And then your body will want to prove you right. You know what I mean? Like your mind will only do what you feed it. So if you don't have a very strong mindset, if you don't get that under control, um, it'll constantly work against you, you know, so it's very, very important to to have a strong mindset and keep that in mind. And I just wanted to double back too, because I know, like you said, like, you know, the issues that you have are, are said to be genetic, but you said nobody in your family has that. But I'm almost sure that nobody really took the time to educate themselves on it or see, you know what I mean? Like, because it was shown as a sign of weakness. So, yep. you know, it did you a disfavor, you know what I mean? Because now, again, it's like, again, it's a good and a bad thing because now you get to see the forefront and be like, all right, you know what starts with you and just making sure that you look out for the signs and everybody that comes after you and helping to educate them because 
for a perfect example, me and my dad, I have no idea what his medical history is because he don't go to the doctor at all, period, for nothing. So I have no idea what issues he has, you know what I mean, like, or what may plague me later on or right, my kids because he don't go to the doctor. So he doesn't educate himself or see those things. So we don't know what's what's going on with that. You know, so it's important that all of us do. We, we you know, if we feel something wrong and stuff that's, that, that's going different or, or, or wrong, we should definitely get it checked out because it may affect the next generation to come. And we want to be able to educate ourselves enough to be able to help them. And, and everything that you did as well, like you said, these past five years, educating yourself and preparing yourself. So everything that you've been through in these last five years and being able to, to uh, get a very strong handle on these things in such a sh short period of time, people who are going through it now um, or, or may just finding out these things, what are some advices or tips that you can give them on how to look for? Like, do you know when you when when something's going to happen? Do you have a sense of, you know, I may be going manic or something may be going awry. I need to stop and take my medicine. I need to do something else because I feel an episode coming on or anything like that. Uh, I do now because I went to I went through it three different times, and each time I went manic was different. Uh, the first time I went manic, I was dealing with a whole bunch of stuff as far as I was in school. Uh, I, I was I got kicked out of the house with my parents. I was kind of I was homeless for about seven months. Uh, I just lost my job uh, off of some dumb stuff like that I didn't even do. So I lost that. Then I then I lost my job working with my father off of not doing anything because of an argument, uh, you know, a disagreement. And uh, then uh, I went through a bad breakup. So that caused the first uh, manic state. Then the second time was I, the medicine that I was on made me sick. And so I stopped taking it. And I self-medicated and I was smoking just marijuana thinking that that would help. And that didn't help. And so this third time, the medicine just stop working. So now I can tell three different things from just stress, mm -hmm. from whenever the medicine makes me feel sick, or when I've started feeling that it's wearing off. So being able to go through all three things like that, I think that makes me well-rounded now to inform people of the signs, because uh, everybody's different. Just like I told you, mine is I'll start doing a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, that's that's where mine leads to. Uh, the first signs are always different in certain people and every and everybody. Um, they might be irritable, you know, spazzing out at work. Uh, they'll probably lose some friends, you know. It, 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 there's a lot of things that they teach you in those facilities that can happen, but I can't sit there and pinpoint just like how you say, you know, you can teach a kid. Uh, certain principles, but every kid is different. Every situation that deals with mental health is uh, completely different. It's, it's case by case. And uh, that's why I advise anybody that is trying to get into this field and um, that want to work with patients and people that deal with mental health, please do this because you love it. Please don't do it over a paycheck because I just switched my doctor's because the last doctor I had, I felt like he wasn't, you know, paying attention to me. You know what I'm saying? He he didn't listen. And now I got, I got pretty much the right people. 
You know what I'm saying? I got a black therapist, I got a black nurse, and I got a female psychologist now uh, that pay attention to everything that I say. And I think that having that shift also takes off a relief. Having, like I said, that support system, like I said yeah, at the beginning, yeah. Uh, you know, just letting you know that everything is okay instead of having somebody that, well, I went to school, I'm a doctor, so I know everything. But at the end of the day, medicine is called a practice, which mm-hmm. means that it's not a for sure thing. But just mm-hmm. because you went to school, you know, well, I went to school for four years. And so to be a doctor, you probably got to go at least, what, six more probably after that. So you went to school for about at least eight to 10 years. Like, you right. know what I'm saying? So you feel, you know, that you know more. That's what society has brought on us. Like, when you go to school for that long, you get a sense of pride. You know what I mean? Like, about yourself. That's why there's there's a class system. There's a hierarchy in, in everything. It's been like that since the beginning of time people always feel like they're better than other people. And I think that you shouldn't have that feelings when you're dealing with mental health, like you need to love it instead of just collecting a paycheck because collecting a paycheck from my last doctor put me into the hospital and got me into another situation to where I could have been locked up. But if I would have had the right doctor that actually listened to me, about when I was saying certain things about my medicine and stuff like that, you know, it could have been completely different. And now I have people that listen, you know, instead of being like, no, 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 this is, this is going to work. And I'm just like, you're not listening, you know, but it's all good. Everything, everything happens for a reason. And, um, I'm here and I'm, I'm blessed and me switching my doctors. Uh, I, I qualified for disability and I didn't know that for five years. Uh, it's just ironic that uh, it was me dealing with white doctors that I didn't know that. But now when I start dealing with black doctors, they tell me, you know, that you qualify for disability. Right. And I was like, nobody ever told me that And that goes behind being educated, but I mm-hmm. felt like it. I felt like I did. I should have received disability because uh, I did my research and everything. But every time I brought it up, uh, it was just like, nah. So, like, I, it goes into people wanting you to pay more into the system and keep buying the medicine and all that. Because with the disability, I get insurance and I get, you know, just certain benefits, you know what I mean? So, everything, like I said, everything's happened for a reason. I had to suffer and to understand and feel this relief that I have. Because I've I just been listening to a book about peace and that it says that there's a buddhist principle that if you don't suffer once you get to a certain place you 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 won't know what pure happiness is because you haven't been through anything that's just like a rich kid that's been given everything in life that's why they act like a brat that's why you know everything's they might wreck their their new car and they're like oh i'll get another one but if they never had a car or they didn't have to buy it or work to get it Right, you know what right. I'm saying? Like they they don't respect it. So I just have a well round, profound respect for life in general. Like you get what I'm saying? Like yeah, just yeah. Suffering is an amazing teacher. Yeah, you know I mean, like it, it sucks, but when when you go through that and really know what it's 
it's like to go through heartbreak, you know, being broke, being homeless, like you said, in your case and all these things. Like when you go through that, then, you know, you learn to be a bit more humbled and more uh, appreciative of the things that you do have and, and, and know how to, um, again, not take things for granted or, or, or that such. But like, I know you were saying that too before about as far as like, I want to ask you for tips and you're right, you know, everybody's different, which is definitely, definitely understand. But I think what really stood out to me is that I think the number one thing that anybody in any situation should be doing is really master themselves and know who they are and really have a good sense of what is good for them. Because once you know that, then you'll be able to see how things affect you. And and, and I'm, I've done that a lot too. Like I um I do um enjoy those moments just being alone when you can really think and ask yourself the questions like why did I, why did that make me feel this way? You know, and why was this make me happier? Why do I want to do this? And asking yourself those questions, why you do those things, because then it really forces you to think and analyze yourself so that when you're faced with certain situations, you know, you know why you make the decisions you're making and what's going on. And if something's off, then you know you need to get help for what X, Y, and Z reason. So I think that's really what stood out to me when you said that uh, and gave those tips. So I appreciate you again, you know, really with, with your honesty and all that stuff. And I know we've been talking a lot about that, but um. You know, a lot of this has been very, very insightful, and I want to make sure that, you know, like you said, you wanted to be an advocate and use you as an advocate to really reach out to those people who may be having those same conditions and stuff, and then seeing that someone like them, you know, who's going through that, is doing something very successful with it with, with, in any field, and for your case, is your music, um, and you've been doing a lot of music and seeing a lot of your videos and stuff and hearing and what you've been doing, and that's one of the reasons why I want to have you out here, because you're uh, channeling that energy into something positive you know, and really making the most of it. So um, I know, like you said before, you started singing at seven and rapping at 11, making beats at 17, right? Yes, sir. Um, so you've been doing this for quite some time. Um, what is what is it that you want people to get out of your music? Um, personally, I just, uh, I want people to relate. Uh, I have a lot of stories that typically anybody's been through you know heartbreak ups and downs you know i, I make club music i, I just want to make music that is amazing just put it that way uh my music's full of substance um i just want people when they listen to my music to really feel my passion and uh, my engineer that I, I've been working with for the past uh, four, four years, he says that you're very passionate. You can hear it in your music. And, and I was like, yeah, it's, it's a lot of pain behind my music. Because me personally, when I started uh, dropping my mixtapes, 2022, six years ago, I was like, okay, I'm just going to document my life. So every mixtape that I dropped, and project that I dropped has been my life. And I've dropped over 20 something projects. And uh, last year I dropped 15. That's something that nobody really does. And I produce, engineer, you know what I'm saying? And I dropped over like 10 music videos. So like, I just want people to understand me through my music because like I said, I moved around a lot. I never really got a chance to tell my story. I had uh, other people tell my story for me. If you get what I'm saying, like I just had, I, ju I was just moving through life 
You know what I mean? Instead of like not being able to be completely understood, you know? So I just want people to understand that this is just me. I go through ups and downs just like anybody else. And uh, I just want you to listen to amazing beats and just amazing vocals and, and, and some bars, you know what I'm saying? Which is, which is not in music anymore, really. You know, most people typically, uh, they ride a beat or they have a, a swag type of rap. Yeah, but I, I really rap, you know what I'm saying? But I also do R&B. And uh, it, it was a blessing in disguise. I, I know that you did an interview with uh, Jay Versatile recently. Yeah, yeah. The, that's, that's my little brother. Um, oh, no. uh, we met, and we just met last year, and we talk every day now. And um, so he does R&B, and we was just talking about that. Nobody does R&B. Nobody talks about how they feel towards a girl or what has happened between them and a girl. Because then you're weak if you do that. You saw right. it. You know what I mean? Nobody want to do that no more. Nobody want to be real or express their feelings because there's, there's this whole... I like perfect example, right? Um, with Takashi 6 9 right? And I use this for because everybody's sitting there like, um, you know, when he's coming out making all these, these hard music about shooting and all this, you know what I mean? Like, all this real gangster stuff. And, um... And look, I'm not from it. I like his music. It's fun. You know what I mean? It's catchy. I give it to them that. It's catchy. Mm -hmm. um, but when it was like, oh, he snitched. Oh, he was like, I saw that coming. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> look at him. Like, I mean, did y'all really believe? Like, if y'all thought that it was like that, yeah, 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 I got caught on, on something different because I was not surprised at all. And I was like, I'm still, you still listen? Like, yeah, I knew, like, I, I, listen, I knew he wasn't about that life. He looked like a you clown. I mean? <laughs> literally, like he's literally, he literally looks like a clown. Like no disrespect to him, but he literally got rainbow hair, all this stuff, everything that we that was supposed to be capped on or ragged on. You know what I'm saying for doing, and you're not really being hardcore gangster. And people really was like, oh nah, like he let me down. Why? Like look at him. Like if you really <laughs> thought that, then that's on you. That's on nobody else. Right. Like, I don't blame any on that. You know what I mean? And it's because we've been push to this thing where we have to again we we can't be soft we can't be emotional we can't say what's going on in our mind and that's why i love like you know these artists that you know like tupac um you know uh that that told stories nas you know what i'm saying the highs the lows you know what i mean like even for myself like yeah eminem has all these crazy songs right and i mean he has these these funny like comical things but then there's also some really deep stuff where he talks about his emotions his feelings um, mm -hmm. you know, like his one of his on his latest songs is like Stepping Stones, where he's apologizing to the members of D twelves and like, you know, having these real emotional connections. Like that's what music is about, man. Telling a story, putting your feelings into it, making people feel something and people being able to relate, not all this mumble and just try to be catchy island boy type nonsense, you know what I mean? Like it's just uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and that's why like I, I said, you know, I like I like your music. I listen to what you're going about and you know, telling a story and really hearing yourself in there, your feeling, your emotion, like it means something. It's not just something to make money. It's not right. just something to try to get famous. It's something that is a part of you, an extension of who you are to be able to express yourself in an art form, because that's what it is. It's an art form to be expressive, you know, and there's no right or wrong to it. And there's no cookie cutter approach because like I say that now too, like there people, a lot of music I listen to, it all sounds repetitive. Like, 
I don't know who sings what because it all sounds the same. You know what I mean? It's very hard to find people who still stick to the true to the craft's true meaning of, you know, telling stories, being emotional, having it be poetry, getting your feelings involved and connecting with people and trying to really genuinely connect to people's heart and not to their wallets. You know, so so definitely I like I said, I enjoy you know, the music that you've done and, and, and everything that you're going and the, the, the path that you've chosen, um, especially, you said, like trying to be an advocate for these people um, who are going through the same things and these mental health issues to be able to be a voice and show them, look, you know, just, just be, being bipolar, being schizophrenic or being someone with mental health issues doesn't define who you are. It's what you have, but it's not who you are. Exactly. You know what I mean, so I definitely, definitely appreciate you for, for um, taking a stand on that. Um, and and then going back on throwing your music, you said you know you dropped a lot of projects last year and all these things for you. Do you have a, a special moment or a very high point that you're most proud of in your career so far? Um, I have a couple. Uh, uh, six years ago, when I dropped my first project, I got looked at by three labels, mm-hmm. uh, and at the time, I was in a relationship and once. It was high and low at that time because, you know, somebody supports you completely until other people start supporting you. It's, it's a weird experience. You know what I'm saying? So it was it was dope. And then this past year, I got looked at by a whole bunch of celebrities, a whole bunch of celebrities listened to my music. Uh, uh, Bow Wow even reached out to me and he was like, I like your song, like, like let's work and whatever. So, you know, I, I hit him up about his feature price and everything. So, you know, I'm see, you'll see, like, DJ Drama has reached out towards me, you know, like, let's do a mixtape. Like, so I, I just got things cooking up, you know, just working. And, um, you know, I, the sky's the limit, man. I'm just going to be honest yeah. with you because uh, the work ethic is here. And like I said, I, I – I'm getting paid off my streams, which is which is amazing. That's cool. But I would do this regardless, like because I wasn't getting paid six years ago, and I was doing yeah. it off of love, like you know what I'm saying. So that's what fuels me to be in the studio a lot. Like I, I just went to the studio two times. I was there on Tuesday and Thursday, and then I went back the past week, and I'm I'm sitting on. I just dropped a project, then I just dropped a single in January. And now I'm sitting on, I got two projects completely done. And then I have a, I have an album actually done. So I'm just, I'm ahead in this year where I can just relax and just have fun. Like I've just been having fun and my music has just been reflecting it. Cause last year I wanted to be super duper structured. That's why I I dropped so many projects. So when I actually relax and want to have fun, it's still structured. right? Right. But it's like, it's outside of the box and I'm being more creative now and I'm not scared to take risks, even though my music last year didn't sound like nobody's music. It doesn't just know that's the compliments that I get from people, but this year is just going to be, it's going to be completely different. And then from here on out, it's, it's, it's different. But the saying is man, work hard, play hard. Right. And right. so, yeah, I'm definitely Great, and you know, I wish you nothing but success in everything you're doing, man. And, and you know, you you put it out there, so a lot of good things are gonna come. And like you said, you know, you weren't getting paid six years ago, which is 
something that I started learning, man, and that's so important, right? Don't uh, – I was listening to Pitbull, right, in one of his interviews, and he says, if you chase money, money going to run. You know what I mean? And that's why I was like, man, like that that's so true because the more you try to go for it, the more it runs away from you. However, um, if you focus on yourself, build yourself, find your passion, work on it, create it, nurture it, let it grow, the money will come find you. You know, people will start throwing money at you, you know what I'm saying, because of your uniqueness or your sound or what you're doing or, you know, what your skill set is or whatever. You just got to master that craft. Don't worry about the money now. Because uh-huh. if you do that, you're just going to fail and just be depressed because you're like, damn, I, I did X, Y, and Z. I haven't got paid yet. Well, it don't work like that. It you know, a lot not. of these, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Like a lot, especially on Instagram, people think like, oh, I'm going to go out there and make a post and people going, and then these companies going to come and ask me for money um, and try to pay me. No, no, they had to build themselves, right? They had to grow. They right. didn't go up to like these companies and be like, yo, listen, I'm about to start an Instagram page, pay me, you know, 600 bucks, whatever, and then I'll do this stuff. <laughs> like, no, they're going to look at you like you're crazy. But, if you build your fan base, you work on yourself, you build your craft, you, 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 you create the foundation, they'll flood you with money, you know, but you got to put in the work first. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. Um, you know, um, I seen his coach and he was saying that too. He says that, you know, lazy people do a little bit of work and want a high reward. You know what I mean? Like, but, you know, people who work hard, you know, they put all this work and effort in and still wonder if they're being lazy. You know what I mean? Like, there's a huge difference to that. That's my problem, man. I'll be feeling like I'm not doing it enough, but <laughs> there's nobody in my town that's doing anything like me. And then I'm hanging out with Jay Versatile, and you you see what what he's doing. You, you know Absolutely. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And, and we linked up last year and, and made a, an amazing song that I, I, you know, I made the beat and I wrote the hook. You know, so I pretty much wrote it. So we're just gonna keep going off of that, and like, and for us to team up you know, pick each other's brains like how we do. It's like we're 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 a mini label. That's what we talk about. Cause I, I really I personally don't want to get signed off of especially after me figuring out the algorithms and how to, you know, break it, break the code and we're getting paid and I'm paying him off of residuals. Like I told him, like when we was like, Hey bro, I'm gonna cut you off a little bit once I get paid and you know, I'm a man of my word. And so he he stays in the town over I stay in Sumter. He stays in Manning, South Carolina. But the studio is uh, the studio we go to is about 15 minutes from where I live. And it's probably about 15 minutes from where he lives. So we be we meet. You know what I'm saying? So we, we be in the studio all the time. Like he, he was there Tuesday. He had a session at 12. I had a session at 1. We try to book our stuff around each other because, you know, when you have somebody in the studio with you that you're comfortable with that's trying to push you, like, hey, bro, hit that note. Like, you know what I'm saying? Try to hit that note. You know, while you're in the studio, at least try. So at least when you get to the performance, you won't be scared. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So, like, we're going to be back in the studio on the 8th. I'm going to book time after him because he already told me he booked a session. So I'm going to try to make some more beats, some more songs, whatever. But, you know, I, I just I switch my group of friends. I was hanging yeah. around the wrong people. <laughs> and uh, I was doing, yeah, I was teaching. You know what I'm saying? And I was getting mocked. Uh, why are you doing music videos? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? And so when I went to the hospital, um, the first time I come back and hang around them, they're doing everything that they mocked me about. Music videos, whatever. And then, you know, I'm still friends with one of the people that actually hangs around 
uh, the people I used to hang around, but they're stuck on my old business plan. Like, you get what I'm saying? They're just doing what I used to do. They're not doing what I'm doing now, mm-hmm. which was amazing because I, I set them up for the kill anyways. I knew that you was going to copy what I was going to do, so I only told you a little bit, but you thought I was telling you everything that I planned on doing. And yeah. now, and, and the thing is, whenever they try to shut me out, I told them, I was like, you're going to need me. There's no disrespect or nothing like that, but like, you're going to need me, especially if I taught you everything that you've been doing, but you don't want to act like that. You know how people are. Mm-hmm. You know how our people are, man. You know how it goes. You know what I'm saying? We don't, we don't want to give credit. It's all fine and dandy until you're you doing better than them. Right. Yeah, you know I mean, it, and, that, and that's, what's, that's, what, that's definitely what needs to change is, and, and it's important, like you said, to switch up your, your, your group of people because, and I've said this time and time again, you're the average of the five people you hang out with. You know what I mean? So, if they ain't got nothing to offer you or trying to help you grow or build, they just trying to keep you in the same place or just keep it tight because we know that, right? We, we, we've seen that, especially on social media. You know, you'll, you'll get a lot more support from total strangers than from people you only you hang out with every single day or that's from your same neighborhood and stuff. And, and it yes, comes sir. to that, right? It's because <laughs> they it, it bothers them to see somebody else succeed when they come from the same place. And then they, they wonder, like, why not me? Why not? Why can't they? <laughs> then it's just like, oh, you just lucky. You know, I mean, you got the break. You, I'm busting my ass, man. It's different. I'm putting in the work. I'm not sitting here hoping and wishing and dreaming for something to come on my plate. You know, what I mean, I'm going, I'm going out there. I'm hunting my food. I'm getting what I need to get to go. Um, you know, I think it was like it was. I don't know if it was. A, I think it was Elon. Elon Musk have said that. He said I work like 16 hours a day, seven days a week, and people still call me lucky. Yeah, you know I mean, like so. You definitely have to hang around with the people with the right mindset and people who genuinely want to see you do well um, and hang out with people, too. You know what I mean? If you find people who are doing better than you, hang out with them, associate with them, learn from them so that you can move up because you're just only going to keep stepping up, right? Because they're going to keep growing and you're going to keep growing with them. So it's important that you really um, be wise of who the people you hang around with and associate with on, on a daily basis because that's as far as you're going to go. Exactly. Exactly. I had a, a principal that told me, show me my, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And, you know, like, you know, you, you hang around people and you see the red flags, but it, it, it sometimes it's hard to pull away because you'll be like, dang, man, now I got to find another group. I got to start all the way over or whatever. But, you know, you know, uh, just like my, my engineer told me, he said, yeah, because we all go to the same studio. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and, you know, He's just like, you're better off by yourself, what you've been doing. And then I just started attracting everything. I ran into Jay Versatile, started hanging around more people. More people started noticing me. Once, like, strangers started noticing me, like, you know, you hit me up. And now people, I got my hometown behind me. You know, I got people backing me, finally. And I've been doing music, well, dropping music for six years. But I've been doing music for so long. But they only see me as a basketball player. Like, you know what I'm saying? They know me from basketball. So when I switched up and started doing music, they're like, ah, well, why is he doing this? Why that? Why this? Why that? He was already good at basketball. He already got trophies and records and, and, and all that. So why is he doing this? You, you know how that goes. So yeah, it's that's another like, thing saying, too. Like, the majority of people won't, won't support you until they see success, right? They're scared to jump, you know what I'm saying, to be uh, there before and – because they don't want to get proven wrong, right? They want to be sitting there like, oh, and support somebody and giving them all their bigs up and then that person failed and they look like an idiot. Right. But you got to take that risk, right? You got to have faith in something, you know what I mean? Like, and believe in somebody and encourage them and give them that boost because, like we said before, 
we don't know what that person's capabilities are, you know? And if, like, another thing, like, like back to this, I guess, and, and Pitbull, which is somebody that I've been watching to a lot lately, right? He was talking about, like, when the kids, right, when they learn how to walk, you know, a kid gets up, takes a couple steps, and he falls. And everybody's coming, like, come, look, look, come on, get up, get up, you can do it, you can do it, come on, get up, walk, you can do it. And he gets up and tries again, and he, and he starts walking, and then he's able to walk because people were encouraging him. Nowadays, people don't do that, you know what I'm saying? It's not like that. And when we, when we get older, we stop doing that for each other, which is, which is a big red flag. And that's like you said, you know, making sure you have the right support group and people around you who, who support you in that light and really want to see you be successful um, because that's the only way you're going to grow, you know, and only going to be successful. So, you know, I'm, like, again, like you have a very, very wonderful mindset, man. The thing that you've been going for, I think you're very educated. You're going to be very, very successful as you already are. And you're going to continue to be. Um, as we wind it down, man, I got two last questions for you before I let you go. Um, yes, number sir. one, right, and everything that you've been through and all your experiences and stuff, what do you think has been the best piece of advice or the most important advice you've received so far? Um, I received some advice from my father a long time ago, and uh, it was, you know, it's corny, but it just makes sense. He was like, how do you eat an elephant? He would just always ask me that over and over again. And I'm just like, what? What are you talking about? And he was like, one bite at a time. So anything that you do in life, even if it seems like you're trying to move mountains, at least, you know, start by pushing. At least push a little bit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're trying to eat an elephant, you're going to have to take a bite at a time. If you're gonna try to climb to the top, you're gonna have to start from the bottom. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to start. So you just keep going. So that that's the best advice ever. And it, I just use it to this day. Like just every day, I, I feel like I'm I'm trying to eat this elephant. Like I'm I, I, and I feel like I'm I'm there almost. I feel like I'm almost full. And then once I get full, I'm still gonna want more because my foundation behind the reason that I do music. And I I do everything in my life is set in stone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I think that's another one too. It's very, very similar. It's just you you don't you don't need to see the entire staircase, right? You just gotta right. see the first step. That's it. You know what I mean? You don't gotta see where it ends, you just gotta take the first step because eventually you're gonna get there. You know, so that's very, very wise and very uh, valuable uh advice that your father gave you and some that and a lot of things that people need to learn and listen. Um, and then my last question for you then is this, like, again, we're trying to look at this next generation of people that are coming up behind us and really, you know, give them some great advice. So what would be your piece of advice to them or anybody coming up? You know, find something that you're passionate about and, and don't look back. Don't worry about what they're going to say. Um, please don't listen to advice from people that aren't trying to do what you're trying to do. Just like you said, go find a mentor somebody that's doing better than you and um, mm -hmm. you listen to them. That's what I've done with this music. I, I went through everybody here in my hometown and I, I went to the best and I asked for advice. I went, you know what I mean? And then I would also get mentor from people that are doing beats overseas and engineering and doing music all over. So that's why I grew so much. I would send my beats off to A&Rs and get reviewed. You know, and I, I didn't like it at the beginning because, you know, uh, at, 
I don't I don't like failing. I don't like hearing this is not the best ever. But at the same time, I'm the type of person that can take constructive criticism because I play right. sports. And, you know, it just fueled me to keep going harder and harder. So I, I just I just want the youth to understand that nothing's going to be given to you. You're going to have to work for it. You're going to have haters. You're going to have naysayers. But at the end of the day, if you hang around the right people, just like we've been talking about, and you know that this is something that you want to do out of life, then do it. Uh, I suggest that the younger generation find something that they love to do and try to get paid for it. Um, because you see that a lot of people try to work a job that where they just get paid for it, get high, mm-hmm. a high salary, and then they get burned out. And uh, they wonder why they start going through a lot of problems. You know, so just find something that you're passionate about and go for it and don't look back and don't worry about, you know, what people say about you. And sometimes you, you can't worry about what your parents say, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I know that my parents weren't supporting this music until I started becoming successful. Like they, they weren't they were not supporting it because they didn't understand it. They weren't funding it. They understood they supported basketball because they was funding it. But now that I'm paying for everything and out of my pocket and doing all this, they didn't know how to support it. They still they still don't know how to support it, but they're on board because they see that I'm actually getting paid from it. And uh, you know, that's just that old school mindset. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think is that that's very, very key. You know, focus on what you love, what you're passionate about. Um, because as another quote says, man, if you focus on your passion and do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Right, you know, and and that's why I'm out here. You know, I, I love I love talking to people, right? That's one of my biggest things. Like, you know, I love talking to people, finding out different lives and insights and stuff like that. And you know, that's why I'm doing this podcast. You know, what I mean, I still get to talk to people. I love it. I enjoy talking and learning from different people's experiences and lifestyles and gaining knowledge from all all aspects. You know, what I mean, because everybody has something to offer. People are gonna go through things that I will never face in my life. You know, and I know that, but through a conversation i could be educated i know a little bit more and i can grow as a person and that's just the whole goal is really to continue to grow as a person i'm going to be able to help as many people as i can you know grow as well so um again man you know dj i really really appreciate your your openness your honesty um you're you're, you know talking about the mental health your movement and everything like that i think it's a super huge and something that we don't do enough and things that that we need to encourage more people to do um and that's another reason why which i I definitely want to actually have you back on my other show which is fab with fab where we talk about facing fears and building bonds to create your strong network group about different things and stuff and i think you have a very uh great uh mindset for that i mean would love to talk to you again man so again uh thank you so much Um, (laughs) i wish you nothing but success man keep doing what you're doing man i'm loving the music i'm loving your mindset and your passion man stay driven man everybody no matter who you are no matter what you've done your big brother loves you stay blessed man Appreciate you. All right. Appreciate you, dog. Thank you. All right.